Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to New Hope Underground. Uh, we're uh, doing a kind of a special episode, uh, actually a series of special episodes that we're really excited about doing. Uh, this last week, we started a series on Ephesians. And so we're actually using New Hope Underground as a vehicle to uh, almost give kind of a devotional podcast uh, for, uh, you know, just additional content, just to have discussions around, you know, what we're doing and uh, what we're talking about each week. And so kind of how the flow is going to go. There's going to be 11 episodes of this because we're doing 11 weeks in the series. And whoever is preaching a particular week will be heading up the podcast this week. It's just going to be kind of a quick, I don't know. 15 to 20 minute devotional type podcast. And uh, we're going to invite a special guest each time to do the devotional podcast with us. And today I have the most special of special guests with us today. My wife, Lindsay Sturkey. Hello, everybody. (laughs) Glad What an introduction. Good to be with you. uh, It's funny. It's just even kind of a surreal thing. Us sitting here, uh, not with our kids. Yes. (laughs) School has started, which is Hallelujah. amazing. So you know, figured might as well talk about the Bible while we have some yeah, time absolutely. alone. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. When we're together, what do you, you what, what does a husband and wife do whenever they're alone? They read the Bible. Talk about right? the Bible. <laughs> so anyway, uh, man, Lindsay has a long history of teaching and studying the Bible, and has been in many ministry contexts. She even had her own podcast for uh, a while, and. Uh, so, man, I could think of a few people that I'd rather study the Bible with than my wife. And so we're going to be jumping into Ephesians 1, uh, 1 through, what is it, 14. 14. Yeah, 1 through one fourteen. Um, so, yeah, basically what the flow of each of these weeks is going to look like is we are actually going to read the text uh, word for word uh, in the podcast, and and then we'll just make observations, uh, just kind of point out the things that we feel like the Spirit might be showing, might be speaking, um, maybe try to make some op- uh, applications of what does that mean for us? How can we be obedient to what we see? How can we live it out and and do what the scriptures tell us to do um, and see how it kind of encourages and lifts us up? So sound good, Lindsay? Sounds great. Okay, so I will jump into it and I'll just I'll go ahead and read the text and then we can just start kind of combing through it and see what God shows us. Okay, so this is Ephesians uh, chapter one, starting in one. Uh, verse 1 through 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. 
In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything and in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Ooh, that's a, that's a powerful text. There's, that's a rich text. There is a lot of stuff there. Um, yeah, Lindsay, I, w- I would just invite you to, is there any initial observations that stick out that to you that you'd like to point out? So the first thing that stood out to me was the way that Paul greets the church, which is a greeting he often uses at the beginning of his letters where he says, grace and peace to you. Which we skip, I feel like whenever, which I'm kind of admitting something here, uh, I feel like I gloss over the, like the greetings and the endings at the end because I'm like, yeah, grace and peace, love, joy, peace, whatever. Right, right. (laughs) I hate that I I feel that way, but it's like, I want to get to the meat of the text. Get to the good stuff. But I feel like there's got to be a reason he chose those two words and that he uses them so often. Um, So when I think about grace and peace, why would he choose those two words? If I think about my own life, I just wonder what difference it would make if those two things were increasing in my life. Oh. So the idea of grace, of receiving that unmerited favor with God, mm. of no matter how weak or broken or sinful I am, that I can always receive grace from God to redeem me. And naturally, I feel like that would bring peace, yeah. that that would bring peace. If we could experience grace, that would lead to peace. And I love that it says that it's from God and the Lord Jesus Christ, that Mm. that's where it comes from. So that's kind of the first place I stopped was those two words. And man, what a difference would that make in my life if those two were increasing and knowing that that comes from God, not from anything that I do. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, man, in the world that we're living in now, an increase in grace and peace is (laughs) desperately needed. Absolutely. Or, Or at least I feel that. Yes, for sure. So the next thing I thought, you know, it's interesting, like you said, there's so much here. I feel like, so if we're admitting things, I feel like this is the type of passage that I might kind of speed read through Mm. and think, yeah, 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 I know this stuff. Like I know that we have forgiveness and redemption and that Jesus died for us. And we kind of gloss over it and assume that we know it's there and don't really stop and think about what it means and how powerful that is and how huge that is. So even as I was reading it, I just felt like I wanted to slow down and really think about what does this mean for my life? And how powerful is this? And am I taking it for granted? Mm. And so that was the next thing that struck me is just how powerful this is. And again, if I could receive that truth, what difference that would make? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, even sometimes we can, in in reading texts like this, we can miss the forest for the sake of the trees where we don't realize the bigger thing that is happening in the text. Like we're more like, I'm trying to parse apart each verse. And I know that like, even on Sunday, whenever I kind of broke down this text, uh, I did look at the specifics because there are a lot of powerful things like even verse three. Cause I point out, it says, pray, you know, praise to the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And so where I went in the message was just talking about all these blessings and I mean, in the like most basic terms possible, we got a lot good good going in Jesus. There's a lot of good stuff that is for us 
because of Christ. But one thing that, which maybe, maybe I did and I don't remember, but one thing I never really thought about until I looked at this text as a whole is that it's actually a prayer. Like him starting out, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Like literally this whole list that he's naming off is Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Like he's literally like, oh God, I'm so thankful that I have all of these things in you. And he just boom, 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 just starts naming them off. And I don't think, I usually read this text like a theological document, not a prayer of thanksgiving to God. Yeah, that's powerful. I don't think I'd notice that either, that it is, it's a prayer and that we can take this and pray it to God. And as we're praying, we're receiving that truth in our soul and how that can transform us can be such a powerful thing. And sometimes, which for me, and it's, and this is the, I mean, just owning it, this is the difficulty of being in ministry is, you know, it's like you're down, you know, you're doing your father's business and you're getting down to the work of, you know, work of stuff. And so it's like a lot of times my prayer life is it's like I'm going through my checklist and I'm naming the things and praying for people and things and challenges. And man, there's a lot of problems and pain and challenges even in our community, even in our church community and me being a shepherd, it's like I'm thinking through that wanting to pray for people. And that's great. That's not like, I mean, hopefully that's a good thing that I'm doing that and interceding for people. Um, but it's like, man, sometimes even in our own prayer life, sometimes you just got to sit and realize, which I mean, it's like, it's typically all like, I'll use the example even of our marriage of like, it's usually around birthdays or Valentine's Day or anniversary where I find myself reflecting and think, not that I'm comparing you to God. <laughs> Thank you, please don't. <laughs> I won't But it's up. like, I got a lot of good things in Lindsay. Mm. Like I become aware of the good stuff going in our relationship. And of course, I mean, obviously we can, you know, can always grow and be better and things like that. But I just come and become intensely thankful and find myself praising God of like, Oh God, thank you so much for this person that you have given to me. And this seems, I almost get that same vibe from the way Paul talks about this in this text. Yeah. I think something that along with that, and that as we pray this, we begin to receive it is the way that God sees us. I think that the language that is used in this you know, it says, like you pointed out, every spiritual blessing in Christ. It says um, in verse 5 and 9, it talks about according to his pleasure, he has done these things. He wanted to do these things. He longed to do these things for us. It talks about the riches of his grace that he lavished on us. Come on now. I mean, this is just effusive language that is not mm, effusive that's a good word hey learn everybody it and hey, use it with your friends yeah i was gonna say learn it use it impress your friends that's, that's just a good word but the, I, I feel like this passage is just full of these really um just over the top language that shows god's heart for us mm. and the way that he sees us and the reason that he wanted to be in relationship with us was because he longs for us it was according to his pleasure he lavished the riches of his grace upon us and i think when we speed read through this text and we gloss over that we just forget how God sees us. And it says that he sees us as holy and blameless. And again, I think we can read that and think, well, I don't feel very holy or blameless, but it's not because of who we are or what we've done, but it's because we are in Christ and because of who Christ is. And I think that's what a lot of, you know, 
we talk about feeling good about ourselves or seeing ourselves as valuable or self-esteem or anything like that. And where that falls short is that when we're looking at who we are and what we can do, we know who we are and what we can do. We know that we um, are broken and that we are sinful and we struggle. And so the only way that we can see our value is to see ourselves through the eyes of God who sees us in Christ and that that is our identity. Mm. And so as I preach on preacher, (laughs) preach on. So as I read this passage, that's what stands out to me is do I really grasp the fullness of God's love for me and how he sees me? Not because of who I am, but because I am in Christ. Well, yeah, we're, I mean, I feel like we are in a, an age and time in which identity is being drawn out from a lot of different places. Uh, I mean, not to get political, but it's like, uh, identity politics of I I draw my identity from a particular political party or from my race or my gender or, or whatever that it's like we try to pull our identity from so many different things what country I'm from what part of the country I'm from like we can literally establish our identity on so many different things but what I love about this is it's like this is who we are like this is our identity and the funny thing is it has nothing to do with who we are yeah <laughs> which absolutely at, I mean as we'll see in the weeks to come Ephesians does get into the nature of that especially in chapter two of saying like we find out who we actually are like apart from God and it's not good <laughs> right and that's you know I'm such a believer that our what we do the actions that we take flow out of who we are yeah. and so when we begin to see ourselves and our identity as fundamentally as a child of God, a beloved child of God, mm. that how we live is going to flow out of that, where we often get it backwards and try to be good and do the right thing and then feel discouraged because we fail, because we're broken and we're human and we're going to fail. But when we root our identity in the truth of our belovedness yeah. in Christ, because of who Christ is, it changes the way we live. And then we begin to walk in that grace and peace that he introduces the whole letter oh, with. Wow. Because yeah. we're receiving his grace yeah. to become who he says we are. And that's what brings real peace. That was not the peace that we try to get from outside circumstances, but because of knowing who we are in Christ. Like it makes me think of, which I mean, we've talked about this before, we preached on it before. But it makes me think of the the baptism of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like I just, I love the story of the baptism of Jesus so much because it's this picture of before he ever preached a sermon, ever performed a miracle, ever taught a sermon, he's baptized and the spirit comes down and it says, this is my son whom I love with you. I am well pleased. And he lived his entire ministry out of that identity which maybe it's not maybe it's not a coincidence, you know, because it's not a coincidence. Don't let it build your faith or anything. <laughs> that this is how Paul starts this letter. Mm-hmm. He's going to be talking about. I mean, there's going to be commands. He's going to give instructions to different groups of people. He's going to give commands on how we're supposed to live. And I wonder if that's he like started from that stuff. Then it would come out. Of, it, it would almost be a form of like a seeking to form an identity by what we do, by what we accomplish, as opposed to he's like, man, praise God that this is who we are. I mean, that's what the first 14 verses is. Praise God that this is who we are. And therefore, which I mean, not to step on the next week, but like starting in verse 15 to the end of the chapter, the prayer continues and it's a prayer Mm -hmm. of thanksgiving. 
So, I mean, what starts out as praise becomes thanksgiving, and I think it's just all connected together. Like, chapter one literally is just this giant prayer. And I even remember, which this is a side nerdy aspect of it, that I remember reading somewhere, and this just shows how intelligent Paul was, that almost all of this section, these 14 verses, in the Greek is one sentence. Mm. Like it's just this one giant run-on sentence. <laughs> it's like the most complicated sentence of the world, which is just funny to me. But it's almost like Paul's trying to say it all in one breath. Like he's just like, oh, and we're this and this, and don't forget this, and don't forget this is who you are to God. Like he just goes through it one by one. Like it's just like one giant. I mean, it's almost like like I think of our kids like when they're wanting to tell us something that happened, and they just go and go and go, and it's like the sentence never stops, and it's like finally they're like gasping for breath because like they just wanted to get it all out at once. That's almost the picture of way, you know, the way this text is, which I just absolutely love that. Yeah, it's so good, and I feel like it's just, you know, that idea of every spiritual blessing in Christ, that it's complete. It's not like, well, you got some of the good stuff, and, you know, maybe later you'll get the rest, but when we're in Christ— that the fullness of who he is. And it, I love how it ends and it talks about that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so the Holy Spirit in us, I love the verse that talks about the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in us. Yeah. And so that we have access through Christ to every spiritual blessing. Mm. And I feel like I, that I allow, you know, small struggles and things to limit me. And I'm like, man, I have the spirit of Christ in me. And if I would just turn my attention from these circumstances that seem impossible and look at Jesus and, and receive help from the spirit in me, I mean, that sounds so simple, but it's really hard to do. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm, I get tripped up in what I see instead of turning to Christ and saying, okay, I know the spirit is in me live through me, give me the strength I need to, to walk forward. And the thing that I love about this text is like all these different things. This isn't like for the, the pastor or the spiritual leader or the 30 year plus veteran Christian. This is, if you believe in Jesus, if you belong to him, this is who you are. You've been adopted. You're a part of God's plan. You, you've been given the spirit. You've been, I mean, it's just on and on and on. All these different things, your sins have been forgiven. You've been fully redeemed. Uh, Oh my gosh. I mean, it's just like you just go on and on about all the cool things that are there. Yeah, because I love that it talks about, like in verse 12, it says, we who were the first to put our hope in Christ. And then in 13, it says, you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed. And so it's saying that, like you just said, like everyone who believes, it's for you. This is true of of you. This is not just reserved for... All the previous verses became true for you the moment you believed. Absolutely. Which is like, so, you know, especially I feel like early in the... Well, I mean not even early in your Christian walk, at any point in your Christian walk, it's easy to sometimes get down and you lose motivation, you know, you can, can get discouraged. And man, this can this could almost become a go-to text that you can look look to and say, man, I don't feel like I'm doing anything for God. I don't feel like I'm doing anything. I don't feel like I'm worth anything. And you can look at this text and I'm like, whoa, this is who I am. This is who God has declared I am in Christ. I didn't earn these things. He's given them to me freely in Christ. And I love that. Like, it's something I point out in the message, but I love how the the center of all of this is, because I think there's like either 11 or 13 times where it says, in Christ, 
in him through Jesus Christ, in the one he loves, in him, in Christ, under Christ, in him, in Christ, in Christ, in him. I mean, it's just over and over and over again. It's like literally everything he says that's true about it is found in Jesus, which shows like we're not joking when we say Jesus is at the center of everything. Mm -hmm. Like that's not just us trying to seem super spiritual. It's theologically true. Like we don't get to experience any of the core truths of the spiritual life and who we're supposed to be apart from Jesus. So when he said, I am the way, the truth and the life, that's not just, you know, delusions of grandeur <laughs> or him exaggerating. It's not hyperbole. Like it is him literally saying, this is the way that it is. I am the center of all of this. Yeah. It makes me think of when one of the disciples asks, how will we follow you? We don't know the way. And Jesus says, I am the way <laughs> yeah. I am the way, the truth and the life. It's kind of like that. You know, what's the answer? Jesus like that's, that's it. That's yeah. it. We try all these other things that do I do this? Do I follow this path? Try this, you know, self-help thing. It's Jesus. Not that yeah. there's not a place for those things, but yeah. when it comes down to it, we cannot be who God created us to be and follow in his path unless Jesus is at the center of all of it. We, mm. we often go to everything else looking for advice or wisdom from every other source and forget that it's, it's Jesus. Yeah. He's at the center. No, it's so good. And honestly, even like reading through this again, but you know, cause I've studied this text quite a bit, read through it many times, getting ready for the sermon. But it's funny how, even as we were kind of preparing to do this podcast, you're pointing out things. I'm like, Oh, 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 like I kept missing a bunch of stuff. I'm like, how, how is she seeing everything that I miss? And I'm like, well, that's, I mean, that's the body of Christ. It and that's really, the nature of scripture too, yeah. is that we can never exhaust even as 14 verses. There's so much there. Yeah. And I love that. That's why when I'm tempted to gloss over it, it's so arrogant to think, oh, I've got this. I know this <laughs> yeah. when there's so much there. And like you said, the body of Christ, that you will see something I won't and vice versa. And that's such a beautiful thing. Yeah. But one thing that came, came to my mind, I mean, literally, I just, the thought just came, you know, occurred to me, even as we're discussing through this is I immediately began to think about John 15. I mean, if all of these things in Christ, through Christ, in Jesus, in him, over and over and over again, I think about what Jesus said where he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Like, unless you abide in me, you can do nothing. Mm -hmm. And I always used to, I mean, it's like, oh, that sounds cool. But again, you always like think, how much is that metaphor? How much is that? I mean, obviously it is a metaphor. He's not literally a vine. But I mean, it's like how much of it is just a word picture. But it's like, no, like it. I think it's it's the truthiest of true truths mm -hmm. that unless we abide in him, if everything is found in Christ, unless we abide in him, we will wither and die. Mm -hmm. Like he is at the center of everything. And so... If at any point I'm struggling, not just with identity, but with anything, like it sounds like a spiritual cliche to say it. And we joke about that in the Christian world about, it's like, yeah, why well, you got to make everything about Jesus? <laughs> because like it is about him. That's right. why. <laughs> yeah. Like we're not just, we're not just trying to be cliche. It's like, because it's true. Mm -hmm. Like it really, he really is at the center of all things. And the spiritual life is making him more and more the center of us too the center of who we are and everything about us. Absolutely. Yeah, that's one of my favorite passages. And it's just something that I feel like I'm constantly exploring is what does it look like practically to abide in Jesus, to make my home in him, to be connected to him, not just in a quiet time, which is great, and I do, but throughout my day, how do I keep turning my attention 
back to Jesus and recognizing that he is with me and I am in him, mm. he is in me, and that I am not doing this alone or in my own strength. And it's challenging. It seems like it'd be so simple. Just keep turning your attention back to Jesus and recognize his presence. But we get distracted so easily and our eyes get fixed on other things. And so for me right now, personally, that's something I'm challenging myself in is how do I keep turning my attention back to Jesus who is always with me? Yeah. It makes me think of which I feel like I only ever hear this prayer around the time of St. Patrick's Day because it's from St. Patrick, the first missionary to Ireland back in the third or fourth century or something like that. But his prayer was always Christ above me, Christ below me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ beside me, Christ within me. It's just this, it's all this all encompassing prayer saying every dimension of who I am, I want Christ to be there, to be a part of that. Yeah. And I just love that prayer. Like every time I see it, it's like I forget about it until St. Patty's Day rolls around again and then someone will post it and I'm like, Oh, such a powerful prayer. I'm like, there's like a delayed burst of power <laughs> to that prayer. And it's like, I feel like the deeper you walk with Christ and he is, at, the more he becomes at the center of your life, you realize how true that actually is and how, how powerful that prayer is. So, well, man, I, <laughs> we could talk all day. We could talk all day. There's, <laughs> there's so many good things there. Hey, thank you so much, Lindsay. Any parting thoughts or words as we uh, get ready to end our time? I would just encourage everybody, you know, think about how to apply this even. And something that comes to mind is to spend some time just kind of reflecting on this and allowing yourself to ask, ask the question, how does God see me? And what does that mean for who I am? And just kind of reading through this, through that lens and just sitting in that truth and receiving that, um, to root your identity in the fact that you are a beloved child of God, that you are mm. in Christ. And so as you think about this, don't do what we tend to do and just read through it quickly, but just really reflect on it. Maybe if there's a phrase or a word that jumps out at you, spend some time in prayer just reflecting on that so that it becomes part of how you see yourself. And we forget this is not something that we sit down and do once and then our identity is established. Uh, we have to remind ourselves because we yeah, forget. That's awesome. Well, hey, thank you so much. Lindsay, for joining us on this very special one of many that are to come episodes of New Hope Underground Ephesians series. Um, so, hey, thanks for coming out and hope everyone who's listening has a good day.